Hey now, this is Jason Acorn with The Boneyard, and you are listening to Jason on the Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas, to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Welcome to this week's episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. I'm real excited today. I've got a just a great person to talk to. I've got Travis Trzinski, and Travis is a professional bull rider and hunter out of Reno. I'm out of, I guess, Reno, Nevada. Reno, Nevada, okay. Travis is a professional bull rider who's a little bit out of commission right now. Uh, tell us about that, Travis. Well, I've been heck, having a heck of a go for a little over a year now. I ended up breaking a rib, and when I came back from that, I ended up tearing a calf muscle and then couldn't walk for a few weeks. When I came back from that, I just kept dislocating my shoulder over and over. and Eventually got it checked out, and I had torn the labrum tendon and all the muscle tissue off my shoulder. So I had to have surgery a few weeks ago, and now I'm recovering from that. And then I got a few months physical therapy when I'm done healing up from that. Once that's all healed up, you'll be able to get back on a bull, or will you want to get back on a bull? Oh, yeah. It's, it's something I love. It's I'm going to keep doing it until I fall out of love with it, which I don't see that happening anytime soon. Stitching to get back right now. I bet. Now, how long have you been riding bulls? Uh, I actually, I started when I was 21, so about three and a half years now. Oh, well, so you actually started late compared to some people. Yeah, you know, a lot of people nowadays, they start when they're, you know, they grow up with it through sheep, then calves and steers, and then they finally get on bulls. And where I grew up, I grew up in a very small town in California, you know, it had about 300 people in it. We didn't have anything real rodeo related. There was no practice pens where I could go get on or, you know, come up through the ranks as a kid learning how to do it. So it was just a dream of mine that I always wanted to do. And, you know, I just finally bought all the stuff I needed and entered into a rodeo. Complete kudos to you because I'm not sure I'd want to get on the back of a one-ton animal that is really not happy that I'm there. Yeah, you know, it's not for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I guess they're not all one ton, but trust me, they're big enough. I've been close to the, the shoots before, and you guys have, you guys are a special breed that get on the back of them things. <laughs> well, thank you, I think. With this show, we do a lot of talking about hunting and everything and fishing and, and, and all the fun stuff that's involved in the outdoors. You're a bull rider by trade for the last few years, but you've also started a company around hunting, True Obsession Outdoors. Tell everybody a little bit about that. True Obsession Outdoors, it's, it was an idea that kind of came to me about three years ago. Well, 2013, I was going up hunting with a buddy of mine from the Marine Corps in Northern California. And, you know, I've moved all over the place with different jobs and colleges and whatnot. And hunting's always been a very, very important factor in my life. You know, wherever I was going, I had to learn where to go hunt, you know, tag applications, everything like that, public land. And I remember coming back from this hunting trip and I was just like, man, I wish there was a website that showed all the public land places where I could go hunting that had all the draws and harvest statistics and, you know, stuff like that with tips and tricks. And it just kind of dawned on me. I was like, you know, why don't, why don't I make something like that? So it's been a work in progress for about three years now. And ever since August of this past year, it's really starting to take off. That's great. So it's trueobsessionoutdoors.com, correct? Correct. Now, if I go to True Obsession Outdoors, what do you help me do? What's What are you going to be able to help me find and, and achieve in outdoors? Is it based around accessibility to public lands and where they lay in each state? Yeah, it's kind of just a one-stop source for anything that has to do with hunting. 
at least that's how I'm trying to develop it. You know, I'm just, I'm a simple-minded country kid from the middle of nowhere. So learning how to develop a website was definitely new for me and it's still a work in progress. But basically there's, there's a map tab. And if you click on the map tab on the website, you know, it'll have a pop-up of all the states that we have featured right now. And then you can click on that state. Then I'll ask you, you know, what game you're in pursuit of, whether it be a small game, upland, waterfowl, big game. So say you wanted to hunt deer in Nevada, you could click on big game. Then I'll have a list of all the big game animals. Then you could click on deer and then it'll break down. So out here in the West, they break it down into zones. You know, there's different zones and then you have to apply for a tag. You know, you can't just buy one over the counter. It'll tell you the draw odds for each specific zone, the season dates, the harvest statistics. There'll be pictures from animals taken from the zones. Well, and I'll tell you, I'm on the website right now. I did exactly what you did. I deer hunting in Nevada and then about mule, uh, mule deer. And I I clicked on just as a example, zone 35. Uh-huh. It lists here for mule deer statistics, how many applicants came in, the tag quotas, the tags for the hunt, the draw odds. I mean, it's got everything broken down here. This is really amazing. Another thing what we're hoping to incorporate here in the near future is Say there's a guide or an outfitter in Area 035. It'll also have a little pop-up where you can click on that guide and outfitter and we'll have a page that's made up especially for them. It'll show pictures of animals that they've guided hunts for, you know, price rates, everything you need to know about that outfitter as well as getting in contact for them. Because, you know, the average person has to work, you know, nine to five, five days a week. So sometimes they just don't have enough time to get out in the woods and do the scouting to find those big animals or even be successful. That's just one more feature that's added to the site is hey, if you don't have that time you can hire this guide and he'll take you right to one this is fantastic so it even tells me that as percentage of the state of nevada 88 percent of that state is public land yes sir using that as a basis what type of hunting do you do you do what what's the big game animals that you go after i apply for every every tag i can you know a lot of them are really hard to get deer almost every year in nevada if you know where to apply you can get a cow elk tag uh you can get deer tags i'm i'm a hunting junkie i hunt everything and anything that i can now these tags therefore both private and public land in the state or just public land they're for public land every now and then so you know if you're a landowner in the state of nevada you can get what's called a landowner tag and basically what you have to do in order to get those is the nevada department of wildlife has to come out and they have to observe how many say you have deer on your property they have to see observe how many deer are on your property and whether they're detrimental to your crops or not and then they'll issue you so many tags based on that the tags are more they're not more to lower the deer herd they're more of a tool to sell so that it compensates for the money lost for your crop so if i'm a rancher and i have three thousand acres i'm making something up here uh, and i show that the elk are detrimental to my cattle because they're both grazing on the same item then the state might come in Mm -hmm. and say okay here's two bull tags and four cow tags and then as the landowner i can sell those tags off to hunt off my property is that how it works that's exactly how it works okay as the rancher i make five thousand dollars again i'm just making up a number i make five thousand dollars uh that's to compensate for any feed i might have to buy my cattle that the elk might forage off the the ranch is that i guess that's the reasoning behind it that is exactly it okay it's a simple process as far as understanding who gets what everything done in the state is via draw is there preference points for nevada yes 
Okay. Yeah, most of, uh, I think just about every state in the West now is a preference point system, which just helps those people who haven't drawn for a few years. It just helps put another hat name in the pot, so to speak. Okay, got it. Yeah, I'm looking at some of these statistics. I just went into Elk and pulled up some random zone. It looks like it's fairly challenging. It looks like there's one zone where they've had 100% success for both resident and non-resident, but everything else, it's looking like 50% or less. So the Elk are there. It's just challenged to get them, it looks like. Yep, that they can be a challenge elk they're a very challenging critter another factor to take in is you know you can elk big bull elk will weigh 800 pounds or better you shoot one of those a mile away from the road that's a pretty substantial pack out just to get them back to that road so it really your success rates can depend a lot on how willing you are to venture away from the roads and how many people you can have in your hunting party that are willing to pack out that animal stuff like that and that's another really big key why i want to add outfitters and guides into this is because a lot of those outfitters and guys, they'll have horses that they can take you into the backcountry with. You can shoot that big bull, and then they'll pack it all out for you. And out here in elk tag, that's pretty much, you know, once, maybe twice in a lifetime draw on a big bull elk. You know, you might only get that tag two times in your lifetime for the state of Nevada. Oh, okay. Now, and I've never put in for Nevada, so I'm not really familiar with their the whole hunting system there. Do they mm-hmm. also uh, offer, like, mobility challenge? So if somebody had any type of disability do they make any accommodations for them to get in the backcountry to hunt uh you know i don't know of any any that do that you know any guys or outfitters like that i know just you know there's certain things through the state you can apply for and if they deem you handicapped successful you can shoot from a vehicle or you know shoot your bow from a vehicle stuff like that but as far as guys and outfitters i don't know any off the top of my head Oh, okay. No, that's those mobility tags. If they're allowing you to come in and uh, shoot out of a vehicle, if you're if you're handicapped, that's pretty Mm -hmm. good. That's that's really cool. That that makes sure that the outback is accessible to to all people. I, I really applaud the states that do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great thing. The more people we can get into the sport, the better. That's how I've always looked at it. You know, we're, we're kind of a dying breed that gets scrutinized a lot, but really we're the number one conservationist on the planet. A lot of big game, a lot of game species for that matter just wouldn't be around today if it weren't for hunters. No, the numbers that you have for animals now, I think far exceeds. Now, granted, there are some that are extinct, uh, but when you talk about the elk, mule deer, whitetail, uh, I think turkey, those numbers far exceed, I think, what they were 100 years ago, 200 years ago. So there's no doubt that the money that we as hunters spend through purchasing guns, ammo, clothing, licenses, that all has really had a huge impact. Oh, it certainly has. So what's on your bucket list of animals? What Are you hunting California, Nevada, Utah? What, what are you looking to do next? I apply in California, Nevada, Utah, Colorado every year. And last year, I was fortunate enough, I drew a cow up tag in Nevada. Then two buck deer tags, one in Utah, one in Colorado. But uh, you know, it's something on my list right now. I really, I really want to take my dad up to Alaska and go on a moose hunt. That's something when you know I talked about when I was a little kid. Me and him both talked about. So that's the big ticket item on my list for the future. Yeah, that's one. Along with heading to Africa for a Cape buffalo, a uh, big moose is. I'm not sure if Cape buffalo or moose is number one, but they're they rank right up there together. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty pretty spectacular animals, both of them. So have you done much in the way do you um you also work with a group called warrior and rodeos and what exactly is the basis behind that what tell me a little bit about that organization warriors and rodeo uh more or less in a nutshell how i like to describe it is we get veterans into the sport of rodeo and it's 
kind of a suicide prevention type deal. You know, there's 22 veterans a day that commit suicide, which that number to me is absolutely insane that that's so high. You know, in reality, we can't do anything to drop that number to zero over one day's time. You know, there's not one effort that can do that. But we're doing our part to try and get that number down by introducing them back into this sport of rodeo. And, you know, rodeo is, it's a brotherhood, much like the military is, you know, it gives you gives you something to be a part of again. And I think, you know, most, most rodeo guys who are veterans, they always go towards a sport of bull riding. And I think what it is, is that's that adrenaline rush that they can have again you know it's that fear of death that's still there still present this affinity with the military organization this comes from your service to our country which thank you you were in marine corps reserves correct that's correct and how many years were you uh in the reserves yeah you know, i was only in for about three years and uh you know i had a it was a dream of mine to be a marine ever since i was a little kid and my whole goal going up through high school was to go to college first and then apply to ocs and try and be an officer but uh after one semester of college i really didn't like it and my recruiter at the time told me to just do the reserves you'll have a break from school you can go back to college and then you can go to ocs so i ended up taking that path and i didn't get the job i wanted because i knew i could get you know it it just at the time it was more feasible just for me to go into the marine corps then i'd end up getting a new job anyway when i became an officer but just a lot of stuff happened you know the uh Obama got reelected and then the sequester hit, which took away a lot of military funding. They ended up shutting down my unit. And since I wasn't within 100 miles of another drill station, I was pretty much forced out. Oh, okay. So there wasn't an option for you to go active duty? Um, At the very beginning, it was. But at the time when my unit was getting shut down... It wasn't really, you know, I I wasn't given that option to go active duty. I could have transferred to another drill station that was, you know, an entire state and a half away. But it it was just, at that time, I'd, you know, I'd had enough. It was time to focus on a new goal. So I'm still under contract. I'm just in the IRR right now, which is inactive ready reserves. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. My brother was in the Marine Corps, uh, served in 29 Palms in Southern California, and will always tell people that he loved the Marines, but hated 29 Palms. (laughs) Yeah, you'll have to uh, tell him, thank him for his service for me. Yeah, the Marine Corps is still the greatest decision I ever did in my life. Like I said, it was something I dreamed about doing since I was a little kid. And, you know, even though my dreams and aspirations didn't pan out the way I wanted them to, it's it's still something I can't look back and regret. You know, I I did it. I know. Nope. But thank you for your service. I, I, I'll tell you guys, anybody that serves, uh, hats off to you. And that's fantastic that you're involved in the charity of working to get the folks into the rodeo. Uh, I, I agree that the statistic of 22 suicides is 22 too many. And, you know, and that's a daily number, which means that our veterans need to be better taken care of. So my hat's off to you. That's a really noble, uh, really great endeavor to be involved in. Thank you. Yeah, I I really enjoy doing it. We do a lot of cool things. How long have you been working with that organization? Well, the organization was only founded a few years ago. Um, My president, Sherry Smith, she was former Navy. She's the one who founded the organization. And then I actually found out about it at a PBR event in Decatur, Texas last year. So yeah, oh, okay. just, just about seven months now. Oh, fantastic. And and how is it going? How is how is it received by the veterans? It, it, are they very open to it and very 
very receptive to it? Yeah, yeah. Um, everybody that we tell, you know, I've told a lot of my friends, I've had a lot of my friends to become members, you know, that they don't even have to, you know, they don't even have to rodeo. It's just, I got a lot of friends that just like the sport of rodeo and they become a member. And it's just part of, like I said, it's being part of that brotherhood again. You know, there's somebody... There's always somebody there you can call on when you're having a down, you know, having downtime. And there's somebody who's been through the same struggles as you, been through the same mental, you know, strain. So there's somebody you can talk to all the time. That's a, again a great organization. So now, is this true obsession outdoors? Are you the only person working this? Do you have other folks with you? Um, it's my idea. Uh, I do a lot of the work myself, but I'm not I'm not alone. And I have several friends that are really close friends that have special skill sets that know how to do some stuff that I don't. And we're we're more of a team I like to look at it. So it's it's a team effort, and we hope to expand very largely in the future. So using your website, uh, trueobsessionoutdoors.com, I can come in there. I can look at the current is California, Nevada, and Utah. Yep. Yeah, and I can find draw rates. I can find counties to apply in. It looks like you have links to the uh, the game and fish departments for each of those states. Uh, It's really got a lot of information, or a lot of really good information, uh, to facilitate. You know, looking around and drawing. And do you know? Do any of those states offer over the counter tags? Yes, um, there are some. So California. About half the state of California, you can buy over-the-counter tags. It's really tough in those areas because a lot of the area that you can buy an over-the-counter tag is all private land. But there are patches of public land mixed in which will be incorporated on the site if they're not already. Um, Like I said, it's a building process. I'm adding to it every day. And one of the cool features that I really like that I wanted to put on here. I wanted to make it easy for people to get into the sport because I've had people come up to me, you know, I want to hunt, but I just don't know where to start. Well, there's a tab. There's a little link on California and Nevada right now. I'm working on the Utah one, but it basically says hunter safety classes and tells you how to get into the sport. So you can, you can go there, you can sign up for a hunter safety class, which is the first step to get into hunting. And then if you read the information on the website, it just breaks it down really easy how to apply for tags. Or if you, you know you want to go duck hunting, it shows you popular places you can go duck hunting, tips and tricks on how to call ducks, how to set up decoy patterns, stuff like that. Yeah, this is really interesting. I was just following along. I was looking at the hunter safety for California. What really was neat was when I go to California Big Game and then I click on the California elk, you've got it broken down mm-hmm. as Roosevelt. Rocky Mountain and the Tool elk hunts, which is really amazing. That's that's such great information to have access to. Yeah, you know, California. A lot of people, a lot of people don't give it credit. There's a there's about half a population of California that hate California, but um, California is the only state that has all three subspecies of elk in it. And have you hunted any of the Roosevelt or Tool? Am I saying that right? Is it Tool uh, or Tule? Tule. Tule. Okay. Yep. Uh, I was actually fortunate enough, uh, 2013, my dad drew a Tule elk tag, and he'd been putting in for it for about 30 years. So he drew it, and then I got the whole hunt on film, and, you know, we ended up getting a really nice 7x7 bull. It was was a -a once-in-a-lifetime tag and a -a once-in-a-lifetime hunt, and he got heck of a trophy so watching him take that and being there for it that was that was almost as good as me pulling the trigger on one well i guess i better start putting in for one of those now (laughs) if it's once in a lifetime yeah that's that's the hardest tag to draw do you know is and you this is amazing you've got it broken down into each zone and then once you go into that zone now you've got zone seven bishop highlighted is that where your dad hunted uh yeah the owens valley area he actually had an independent independence tag oh all right yeah very cool. 
this is really neat. This is uh, this is just some great information. Oh, I see. So I go there, and there's some pictures of you guys with the elk. Yep, yeah. Very slick. So that's a once-in-a-lifetime draw for either a Thule or a Roosevelt, or you can get both? You can be drawn for uh, both? No, nope, no, nope, you can... Uh... I mean, you can get drawn for both. It's very, very rare anybody ever gets drawn for more than one elk tag, but it has happened. So really, if you want both of those subspecies and you've got the money, you're going to look for landowners that have tags to sell? Exactly. Got it. Okay. So that's how you that's how you circumvent the draw. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, if you have enough money, you can almost buy anything you want in this world. Uh, very understandable. I just wasn't sure how they how they handled that if it was like you could get a Roosevelt or a Thule or you could get landowner tags for either one. I I can see now the landowner tag would be the way to go uh if you're trying to fulfill getting all the elk subspecies. Yep. Yeah. That would definitely be the quickest route. So the next route to, for you to head on this is start looking for outfitters. Is that what you're hoping to achieve? Yes. Um, I actually have a meeting with a contract lawyer here next week, and I'll be just discussing you know basic legal things that I need for the site, as well as contracts that you know a guy and outfitter if they want to advertise on the site, they have to you know click and submit it'll be an all online form so basically they'll just click it and submit it and that's their uh electronic signature and then i got a lot of big plans one thing my maps right now are pretty crudely based uh, i actually one of my friends who's kind of a web geek he showed me a new trick where you can take google maps and add layers to it so i want to learn how to do that and make it a little bit more user friendly um yeah there's, there's just a lot of stuff up and coming that'll be ready this year very neat and have you what type of hunting have you done in Utah? Did you say you got a mule deer tag in Utah? Yes. Yep. I had a mule deer tag in Utah this last year and I've always driven through there. I remember driving through there when I was a little kid, you know, driving through looking at the mountains, just going, Man, I'd love to hunt that and last year I finally got to fulfill that dream. I was there and I was hunting and me and one of my childhood friends camped out on the side of the mountain all night. Throws our butts off, probably didn't get any sleep and then right there at first light we had a deer, you know, pretty good pretty good buck about 60 yards away and we took him and it was nice to be able to share that with my childhood friend Andrew Howe and that whole experience in itself and that's something that's something our YouTube channel and our videos emphasizes a lot on it's not it's not so much the trophy you know all these companies are getting towards killing monster deer and monster elk you know and for me that's not what does it it's about the experience I'm having with all my friends and family oh fantastic there's a for anybody listening, you'll be able to go to the show notes and find links to to Travis's website, uh, to the YouTube channel, and there's just a lot of great information for the states. And I'm really looking forward to see how you build this out over the next, you know, next six months to a year. And so I, I look forward to having you back to, to discuss this more in depth because there's so much good information out there. But you got to go and hunt and peck for it. And you putting it all in one location is really, really a neat idea and a, a great deal for anybody looking to get going on a do-it-yourself uh, hunt in, in any of these states that so far are, are built out. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, like I said, I I love the sport and I want people to get into the sport and be interested. So I'll never, I'll never charge a membership fee for my website for just the general user to use. It'll always be free just to kind of encourage people to get into the sport and, you know, help out. Well, that's great. And hopefully people will pick up... You've got some neat shirts out there, and uh, you've got other clothing line coming. Yep, yeah, we got a uh, we got a waterfowl hat that's in the works right now. That it'll be available about mid February, and we got shirts on the way that are going to be state specific. You know, we got one already for Nevada. Uh, we got 
just some really cool apparel that, you know, that really stems from my idea of what I would want to wear and what I would want to be proud of and, sh- you know, show out in public. Yeah, these are cool. There's a sweatshirt, men's and women's sweatshirts, uh, State of Nevada with all the game animals on it. It's really cool stuff. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, that's neat. As, so as you build up, we're going to have an apparel line. Uh, there's also the map service as well as you're going to partner up eventually with guides that offer hunting for somebody like myself who wants to hunt maybe Nevada or Utah or California, Arizona, but doesn't necessarily have the time so that they can incorporate and work with you and the guide. That's a neat idea. Yeah. Thank you. Is there, is there anything we missed about true obsession outdoors? Um, you know, there's, there's a lot up and coming. Uh, the biggest thing I can say right now is our our Facebook page and our Instagram, our Twitter account. We post everything we do. As soon as we do it, we post it right to that. So we post a quick link so somebody can just click on it and see what we added. You know, there might be a helpful article we wrote that might help you out next season or part of the map we added that's now in your region. You want to check it out. So Mm -hmm. I just say like us, follow us on social media and look for us to add your state. Well, great. Well, I'll have links to your Instagram, Facebook, uh, website, the YouTube channel, uh, any way that there's out there for for connecting with True Obsession Outdoors, I'll have a link to it in the show notes. And then people can contact you through the Contact Us page on your website, correct? That's correct. Yep. Um, it just goes straight to our email, and I check my email more, more than daily. I check it about every hour. So if anybody has any questions at all or any comments, any helpful criticisms, feel free to drop it in there. That's awesome. So you're looking anybody that would be an outfitter or anybody that wants to partner up or, as you said, just comments, critiques, anything to make the website look better, ideas, you're open to all of that. Yep, open to anything right now. Like I said, this website, I'm, I'm more designing it. It wasn't it wasn't for me. It's for everybody. So everybody's input helps me out. Well, that's great. Well, uh, I can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, Travis, it was great. I applaud you for the work you're doing with the veterans. And that's just really a, a very needed item to get done, both in the, the rodeo world to get people involved as well as get people involved in the hunting world. So I wish you continued success. And again, thank you for your service. And uh, I, uh, again, appreciate your time. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon and I'd look forward to, to keeping in touch and tracking what you're doing over the future with this website. Well, thank you. It was an honor to be on. And uh, yeah, on the hunting note right there, I want to add one more thing. Uh, I'd like to thank Base Camp 40. They're out of Grand Junction, Colorado, and I encourage everybody to go like their page on Facebook. But they're a great organization, too. They take veterans and they take them hunting. No expenses at all for the veteran. They pay for everything, you know, the airfare, the hunting licenses, the tags. They do it all. They want to get veterans into the sport of hunting, and they do a lot of great things. You know, there's a lot of guys who are missing limbs out there that, you know, have a hard time getting back in the wilderness and in the pursuit of game. And You know, this this company, Base Camp 40, they help them get back out there, and they help them re- refuel that fire. You know, and that's another great organization that's helping doing their part to deal with the suicide. Well, great. Well, I'll have links to Base Camp 40 as well as their their Facebook and any social media pages for them. Uh, that's a another great thing. Again, getting people involved in the outdoors is is valuable. It keeps the heritage alive. It works for us. But anytime you can take uh, somebody that has any type of special need. Uh, to you know some accommodation that's needed let's get it done let's get them out there hunting let's get their 
you know, any work we can to do with the veterans, uh, anybody with a disability, anything, let's get them outdoors because they're just as important to be out there as anybody else. And I applaud anybody that works with that. So I'll get their link out there. And again, I can't thank you enough for what you're doing and, and for your service. Oh, well, thank you for having me on. Well, it's great. Uh, again, if you have a great uh, update on your website, don't hesitate to get it over to me. I'll share it. And anybody that's listening, feel free to go out and check out Travis's website. I'll have all the links in the show notes. It's trueobsessionoutdoors.com. And I thank you for your time, Travis. You have a great afternoon. All right, you too. Come early spring, it's getting green. Fisher on the bed. Hear those turkeys gobble. It's ringing in my head. The winter rides bass boat. Here comes another year. Yeah, we command the outdoors round here. Oh, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we. Command the outdoors. Come summertime, we're feeling fine, fishing on the lake, flipping jigs in Carolina rigs. From early morning till real late, bonfires on the creek bank, kick back a couple beers. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Next year's does until you know winter's on the way. Brushing blinds and deer stands. Fever starts to creep. Fill our freezers full of ducks, lots of tender deer. Yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. So grab your guns and shells, boys. Put on your camouflage. Cause we command the outdoors around here. We command the outdoors.